the Bible Study Podcast, episode 149. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of Acts with chapter 12. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We're going to jump back from Paul and Barnabas in Antioch and go back to Peter and the other disciples, the other apostles in Jerusalem with this week's episode on chapter 12. It was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. When he saw that this pleased the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the Feast of Unleavened Bread. After arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. And before we carry on and talk about the answer to the prayer that the church receives, let's talk a little bit about who has put Peter into prison. This is King Herod, probably Herod Agrippa I. King Herod is a common name because Herod the Great had a number of different sons, most of whom seem to be named Herod, just kind of a George Foreman sort of thing. And he had a number of sons by a number of different wives. Herod was king in Judea when the Romans came in. They left him in charge. One of his sons took over and did such a poor job of it that the people actually asked for a Roman governor. That's where Pontius Pilate shows up later on. He's there from year 26 to 36. We're probably roughly the year 41 at this point. And Herod Agrippa has become a friend of the current emperor, Claudius. And because he is a friend, when Claudius assumes power, in part because of some advice that Herod Agrippa had given him, he gets to be king again in Judea. And because he is king in Judea, he is also recorded as being very pro-Jewish religion. Now, the Herods themselves are not actually Jewish, but Idumean, and he decides that he is going to persecute this new religion, this Jewish sect, these Christians. And then we'll continue on with that in chapter 12. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrists. Then the angel said to him, Put on your clothes and sandals. And Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. Peter followed him out of the prison. But he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. They passed the first and second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself, and they went through it. When they had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. Then Peter came to himself and said, Now I know without a doubt that the Lord sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were anticipating. The thing I love about this story is Peter doesn't realize what's going on. He thinks he's just having a dream. This is some sort of vision from God. He doesn't know what it's signifying. He's getting up. He's putting on his cloak. He's walking past the guards. He's walking through the gates, and suddenly he's not in prison anymore. And this is going to come as quite a surprise to everybody, and most of all, so far, to Peter. 
the people are praying that God would release him, and it's also not time. Whatever God intends for Peter, he hasn't finished yet, and so Peter is no longer in jail. He is probably escaping, because of this, he is probably escaping execution as James was executed. So when we say James, that is James and John, the sons of thunder, the sons of Zebedee, James is now killed. And so when the Bible talks from now on about James, like the book of James, it's not talking about James of James and John, but James, the brother of Jesus. And so we'll see that James later on in Acts, because the other one, the one who has been more prominent in the gospel account, in Luke's gospel account in particular, since Luke also wrote Acts, is now killed in this chapter. And the same thing would have happened to Peter, but God did not allow it to happen. When this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. Peter knocked on the outer entrance, and a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed she ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter is at the door. You're out of your mind, they told her. When she kept insisting it was so, they said, it must be his angel. But Peter kept on knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Peter motioned with his hand for them to be quiet and described how the Lord had brought him out of prison. Tell James and the brothers about this, he said, and then he left for another place. So I love this part of the story, too, because we get poor Rhoda here, who answers the door, is so excited that she forgets to open the door. She runs back in. It's Peter. No, no, you're crazy. It's Peter. No, 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 you're crazy. <laughs> Peter's meanwhile at the door. Remember, Peter is still in fear for his life because if they find him, they will kill him. And he's outside the door. He wants to be inside. And finally, they realize that there is actually somebody knocking at the door. They open it and it's Peter and he tells them everything that's going on. The other interesting footnote about this is that we're in the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark. And John Mark is the author of the book of Mark. And Mark will eventually travel, our understanding is, not through biblical accounts, but through church history with Peter. And Mark's account of the gospel is largely Peter's account. Now, Mark will also travel with Barnabas and Paul, and we'll get to that in actually just a couple more chapters. But Mark is still a young man, as we'll see later on here in a couple chapters. But that is why this house is referred to as Mary, the mother of John Mark, is because he is himself someone who will take a major role in the church. And so you'll notice Peter goes off into another place. He goes into hiding so that getting him out of prison doesn't go in vain. And then it says, in the morning, there was no small commotion among the soldiers as to what had become of Peter. After Herod had a thorough search made for him and did not find him, he cross-examined the guards and ordered that they be executed. That statement that there was no small commotion among the soldiers is obviously an understatement because the way things worked at that time is if you were guarding someone who was guilty of robbery and they were going to be sentenced to the slave galleys for two years and they got away, then you would take their place and be sentenced to the slave gallery for two years. If you were guarding someone in this case who was going to be executed and they got away, you yourself would be, as it says here, executed. So, oh yeah, there was no small commotion among the guards because they knew they were doomed. And speaking of doomed... The chapter ends this way, with the death of Herod. And this is also 
mentioned in the writings of Josephus, the Jewish historian at the time. He covers it a little differently. There's some differences because he doesn't mention an angel of the Lord, which will be mentioned here. He mentions just that Herod gets sick, and we'll read this now. Then Herod went from Judea to Caesarea and stayed there a while. He had been quarreling with the people of Tyre and Sidon. They now joined together and sought an audience with him. Having secured the support of Blastus, a trusted personal servant of the king, they asked for peace because they depended on the king's country for their food supply. On the appointed day, Herod, wearing his royal robes, sat on his throne and delivered a public address to the people. They shouted, This is the voice of a god, not of a man. Immediately, because Herod did not give praise to God, an angel of the Lord struck him down, and he was eaten by worms and died. But the word of God continued to increase and spread. When Barnabas and Saul had finished their mission, they returned from Jerusalem, taking with them John, also called Mark. And so we get the death of Herod here. Herod basically is called by God to task, called to pay for his pride. And perhaps for the death of James, but because he does not acknowledge that he is not a god, he in fact is just a man, he is struck down by an angel. Now, the account by Josephus just says that he became very suddenly sick and died after four days. It doesn't mention being eaten by worms or that an angel struck him down, but the understanding of the church here in Acts is that that was a specific direct action of God against Herod. And then see here in the end of this chapter, as I said, Barnabas and Saul now take this young man, John also called Mark, and they take him as a traveling companion with them. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. I'm hoping you're having a happy new year. This should come out on New Year's Day. If you want to leave a comment on this episode, go to thebiblestudypodcast.com. Also leave an email at host at com or join the Facebook group. As always, thanks so much for listening. Have you ever considered yourself a messenger? I mean, you are called by God, and aren't we all praying the big prayer, Here I am, Lord, send me! So if we put two and two together, you've got a message to deliver, my friend. Whether it's mics like this, bookshelves around the world, stages to take, art to make, or businesses to build, it's time we start testifying truth unashamedly, creatively, and in love. My name is Tamara Andress, the host of the Messenger Movement Podcast, which is designed to catalyze Christians to speak, write, build, and testify. I use my mic like a machete, so if you don't like to get your toes stepped on or pushed off cliffs to finally jump on in with Jesus, I may be too much for you. But if you're ready to turn your message into a movement and want to run with other messengers doing the thing at scale globally, search and follow the Messenger Movement Podcast on your favorite podcast platform or lifeaudio.com today.